welcome to None of This Is Real, the podcast about all things mysterious and weird. I'm Doomsday Domini. And I'm Sarah Sinkhole. Hey y'all, what's up? Hey y'all, thanks for being here with us. We really appreciate you tuning in yet again for whatever this is. (laughs) For whatever this is, yes. Hey, hey Sarah. Yeah, what's up? Did anything weird or mysterious happen to you over the last week or so? My my mom, who's ne- never been on social media and got an Instagram a couple months ago, has never posted anything, just likes our things and comments on them because she's so precious. She got a DM from the Illuminati. Tammy! <laughs> she comes over and she's like, Sarah. I got an invitation to join the Illuminati in my direct messages. What do I I do about it? Yeah, I said, well, let me see it. Oh, I declined it. I said, Mom, you didn't save it so that I could read the message? She was like, it was just a bunch of flowery language and weird stuff about about joining the secret society and the benefits for my, you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't want to join the Illuminati. (laughs) She said, hell no. My the, our friend of the podcast Linda got a message like that. Yes, I remember, remember? that. That's so funny. Why are they just DMing people on Instagram? Come on, I don't know. Up your game. How did they pick my mom? And you know, I want to be invited to join the Illuminati. Well, I, also, I, how I, did I not know your mom had an Instagram? That's the other part. I of think that she's story. commented on some of our uh, podcast things. What's her Instagram handle? We can get all our turkey buzzards to go follow her. Oh my gosh. It's Wild Horses, I think. Oh yeah, okay. So Without that's Without any vowels or something. I can't remember. Anyway, she's precious. So what 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 weird thing are you going to tell me about? Oh, okay. So, of course, I had lots of weird things happen, but since people love, love, love to hear about other people's dreams. Oh gosh, that is... Just, like, riveting podcasting. Go ahead. (laughs) I've been having a ton of crazy, vivid dreams every morning I wake up, and I'm like, whoa, what was that? But there was one I have to tell you because it made me laugh so hard and you were in it. Oh, goody. (laughs) So we were in a barn, and it was you were sitting in front of me cross-legged like a guru, and I was asking you questions. Like, you... You had all this knowledge and you were about to give me the wisdom and you said some stuff and I can't, I wish I could remember what it was you said. You were saying like really poetic things or really deep words. And then all of a sudden we heard this clapping, even though the two of, it was just the two of us, we thought we heard clapping and cheering and it sounded like there were about 10 people in the barn with us. And I was like, where is that coming from? And so... In the dream, it was like I saw this camera tilt up, 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 way up into the rafters of the barn, <laughs> and there was a ledge, sit, a ledge where you could kind of sit up there, uh-huh. and it was none other than Gil Davis who wrote our theme song. <laughs> <laughs> However, he was sitting in the very corner of this ledge uh, on the barn, and in a rocking chair, dressed like a grandma. What? Oh my goodness. That is definitely Gil. Oh, Granny Gil. Granny Gil was up there and I said, Gil, was that you making all that noise? And he opened his mouth and 
Out of his mouth came all the clapping and cheering noises of ten people. What the hell? I can't tell if that sounds like a Tim and Eric sketch or a David Lynch movie. Like, it's either weird and hilarious or terrifying. It was both. It was really both. both. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've been having really, really vivid, bizarre dreams myself. But um, I don't usually remember them. Quite as clearly as all that. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's too funny. So Gil, I really wish I wish you would remember what my wisdom was. Oh, maybe I'll have it again. Maybe you'll you and I will be in the barn again. And I, I just if Gil, if you're listening, I hope you first of all thank you for that <laughs> theme song. And yes, um, thank you, Gil. Thank you for the sound effects in my dream. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> that is very silly. I have a lot of bathroom dreams. I don't know if anybody else does. I have a lot of dreams where there's like, it's a gross bathroom, there's water in the floor, the toilet's like halfway up the wall and I can't get to it. There's always a problem with the bathroom. Hmm. Um, yeah. And so Dream this time, interpreters out there, please tell us. Please. Okay, turkey buzzards. All my uh, dream oracles. You guys got any insight into that? What's up with that? What's up with that? Um, but yeah, one time I dreamt that... I went into a bathroom that was about the size of a gymnasium and it was just full of rows of toilets and they had doors, but the doors didn't go up high enough to cover your face. They just like went around the toilet and every toilet had a different fully prepared meal sitting in the bowl. And I was like, I got to pick which meal I'm supposed to use the bathroom on. Just, <laughs> oh, I know, it's so it. weird. So I peed on a salad and... <laughs> I'm the, I'm the only person in this, like, dark, drippy, weird food bathroom, and a door opens up on the side, and Jerry Seinfeld comes in, and he sits down. He picks the toilet, like, right across from me and sits down and is just using the bathroom, <laughs> and then this lady comes in behind him, and she has lipstick all over her face, and she said, Jerry, why didn't you tell me? And he said, I didn't know. And then I woke up and I had started my period in real life. <laughs> oh my God. Please, someone interpret, th- please interpret both of our dreams. Someone out there, please email us and interpret those. What on earth? <laughs> Peeing on a salad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we should make a salad and go out in the yard and pee on it and just see if that kind of like see if it summons jerry seinfeld <laughs> see if jerry seinfeld comes out of the woods i didn't know i can't do I a didn't seinfeld know. Impression. whatever that is I'm, sarah I'm why didn't you tell me <laughs> oh god it's so weird maybe we should maybe we should just completely change um direction with our podcast and it should just be us talking about our dreams that wouldn't be bad if they're pretty funny yeah you know that there's so many people out there who would be like oh here's my dream we could just read other people's dreams well we can do that if you email us your dreams but we'll 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 go over that later you have to you have to listen to us tell stories first please but yeah definitely email us your weird dreams that sounds great yes i love it did Jerry Seinfeld come to you in your dream and summon your menarche? <laughs> anyway, 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 let's get back on the rails. Anyway, 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 today we're talking about a couple of pretty recent, I don't know how recent yours is, but mine's super recent, Urban Legends. Mine's pretty recent, yeah. Yeah. So kind of modern day urban legends that of of 
creatures or they're half kind of men kind of creatures that uh, lurk about lurking creepy men oh gosh I got lots of stories about that lurking creepy men but these are urban the urban legend kind not just the kind that uh, behind the taco the kind of the gas station parking lot that whistles at you and calls you a bitch when you don't respond Mm -hmm. I had this feminine rage fantasy really quick the other day because this guy wouldn't stop staring at me while I was filling up my car with gas and I had this little quick two-second fantasy where he said to me you should smile honey and I said back to him you should suck my dick darling (laughs) (laughs) and I now I hope it happens but he didn't say anything and I left and I was like I just want to say it to him anyway (laughs) Stop staring Come at me. Come back here. You didn't say anything, but I got something to say to what you, I thought you said. <laughs> I just funny. think that would really catch them off guard. And I'm, I have it in my back pocket. Yeah, well, that's you need those in your back pocket because when that <laughs> stuff happens, you're the one that's caught off guard, so you don't think of the right thing to say. You know, I've been harassed and made fun of a lot. And I never... The only time I ever was clever enough to come back at somebody was in the parking lot of Haynes Mall and I was looking super cute and wearing a really, you know, crazy bright outfit and these guys were like, "Oh, you fucking freak. Look at that fucking clown. Fucking freak." And I was, and I turned around and yelled, "Eat me." at these guys. And I was just like so angry. "Yes, eat me." And it felt really good and then when I turned back around there was like a rather substantial number of children there. <laughs> And I was like, man, the one time I actually, like, really go after somebody, there's a bunch of kids watching me. Dang it. Well, you probably inspired them, especially the little girls. They were like, hell yeah, get them. I hope so. You do you, woman in the parking lot. (laughs) You do you, you fucking clown freak. (laughs) Well, speaking of freakishness. Back on the rails. Back on the rails. How about I'll I'll start and I'm going to tell you the very odd and very dark tale of Slenderman. Gather round, children. Gather round the creepy campfire. Basically, I watched about three or four YouTube videos and they all got jumbled together. So those are my sources. I feel like that's uh, everybody's you know, Friday night in the house. I watched a whole bunch of YouTube videos, and now they're all jumbled in together in my brain. And I'm going to go have some strange dreams. Good night. Good night. So, Slender Man is a freakishly tall man, as tall as 14 feet in height. He's thin with no facial features, and he wears a dark suit and tie. He has long arms or tentacles coming out of his back, which he uses to catch his prey. He's notorious for stalking children and abducting them, usually taking them into the woods. He sometimes tortures his victims using mind games and has abilities like mind reading, teleportation, and interfering with electronics. So he's been messing with our podcast. I was just going to say, I think that that guy's been in my life a time or two, especially the mind games thing. I'm like, huh, did I date Slenderman? (laughs) Was he 14 feet tall? I do like the long-leggedy beasties. I do like the tall, lanky ones, but that might be a little too tall for me. Well, he also has no facial features, and I, I think, from what I know, your partners have all had facial features. 
Yes, they they I have all had facial features, and I do love a good nose, like yeah. a good sized, prominent, distinct nose. nose. But I don't know, you know, no facial features. It could be hot. These creepy tales of Slenderman are all variations of a character created by Eric Knudsen, who went by the online name of Victor Surge, as part of a Photoshop contest on the site Something Awful. The contest asked users to create paranormal images, and Knudsen created two photos of a tall, shadowy figure in the background of old playground photos. Ooh, I've seen those. I forgot about those. They're really weird looking. I don't... I know they're fake, too, and I don't like looking at them. Oh, they're still creepy. They are subtle enough to look realistic and very creepy, as we said. Included with the photos was a block of text that read, We didn't want to go. We didn't want to kill them. But its persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. 1983, photographer unknown, presumed dead. <gasps> that is some good storytelling, Mr. Nudson. Nudson. Good job, Nudes. Nudes. He got such a positive reaction from the photos that he began creating new ones and added to the story each time. Others on the forum began to submit their own photos and stories as well, and the lore around Slenderman grew. Just like Slenderman kept growing and growing until he was 14 feet tall. Stop it already. The character was the inspiration behind the popular Marble Hornets web series, several video games, lots of fan art, and a major motion picture, which I still need to watch. Oh, there's a Slenderman movie? Yeah. I didn't know that. As the myths around Slenderman grew, his backstory also became known. As a child, he was bullied, something that many children can relate to, and this made him sympathetic to the kids and made them all the more willing to befriend Slenderman. And so, really creepy tale. It's the type of thing I just love because it's like, you know it's lore, you know it's not real, and it's that, like, creative mind making something creepy and people adding to it i love it it's it's really fun yes it is really fun i agree unfortunately Mm. we're getting to the not so fun part huh? we're gonna get to the not so fun part and a lot of people are gonna already know this story because it's been really in the news a lot and especially among like the paranormal community and true crime community both so Unfortunately, these delightfully creepy tales spilled over into real life. On May 31st, which is almost like a couple days from now when we're recording. Oh, it is. It's weird. On May 31st, 2014, two 12-year-old girls from Wisconsin, Morgan Geyser and Anissa Anissa Weir, tried to murder their friend and classmate Peyton Leitner in order to appease Slenderman. What the fuck, ladies? Right? They believed that by sacrificing their friend, they could become his proxies and live with him in his mansion in the forest. This is when horse girls don't have horses. (laughs) Just get him a horse! Or or tell him about the Virgin Mary. It's one or the other, right? They need a they need an obsession. The they need an outlet. Horribly awry. Listen to some what's twenty fourteen. I don't remember what boy band was out then. That One Direction. There we go. There's one. Yeah, 
They could have listened to One Direction. The Beebs was pretty. Um, I can't believe I just said the Beebs. He was pretty popular. I don't know you anymore. (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) I've been abducted by aliens. And this is, it's not me. This is a (sighs) mere uh in case i mean it's a encased meat what am i saying a meat a sausage skin and i'm just a sausage skin the rest of me is up in the on some other planet yeah that's becoming more and more obvious the more you talk <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna stop talking goodbye that was the end of my story goodbye no. podcast no, no. over thanks for i do listening. have more so these girls planned their attack behind Peyton's back for months. So these were best friends, 12 years old, like not the like only like only one year younger than when I met you or that's when I met you, I think. We met in the sixth grade. So I think you're 12. So grade. yeah. So I can't imagine planning your death or one of our friends that we hung out with all the time plotting their death. So So she was one of their friends. It wasn't like she was somebody they just were like oh we can she's disposable we hate her guts no this was someone they were good so they were good friends with them and it was morgan the one of the girls morgan said she had been friends with peyton the girl that they stabbed since fourth grade so they had been friends for years and then I mean, not that not that I'm condoning or advocating for killing your enemies in sixth grade, but um, it just doesn't. It would make a little more sense if they were like, "Oh, we hate that girl. Let's sacrifice her to Slenderman." Instead of like, you know who we should pick? This chick that we hang out with every day and known for years. Yeah, our our best friend. Let's kill her. That and so well, that's already pretty out there. I am trying to apply logic to to sixth grade people who think slender man is real so i guess i should try, just stop doing that right now <laughs> yeah so i guess it was you know if they sacrificed her they would get to go into the forest mansion with them and so one of the girls i can't remember which girl she left a note for her mom basically saying like i love you i don't mean any harm to anybody and basically except saying, for peyton Goodbye. yeah right. right i'm gonna go stab someone but i don't mean you harm okay. no no harm no offense, I just have to stab you so I can go live with this internet guy in the woods. No offense at all. So, <sighs> what? basically what happened was they planned this a couple of different ways, and they planned to do it at a sleepover, and they didn't do it at the sleepover. They planned to do it the next morning at the park, and they lured Peyton into a bathroom, and then they, they didn't do it then. And finally, they lured her into some woods near the park. And Peyton, she, so she lives, spoiler alert, she lives. That's good, it's a good spoiler. I like, I'm okay with that. She said she didn't want to go. She had a bad feeling, she didn't want to go, but they kind of forced her to go into the woods. And then they stabbed her 19 times. Holy shit. So what, what happened was the, um, I guess Morgan was on top of her, holding her down, and I, I think at one point she gave Anissa the knife and was like, okay, you do it. And she handed it back and said, no, you go at it. Like, go for it. And was kind of encouraging her. And then Morgan did all of the stabbing. Okay. One girl did the 19 stabs, which is intense. Okay. Morgan, honey, what's happening? Well, I'll tell you. Something was happening. So the girls left her to die and they started walking in the direction of Nicolette or Nicolet. I can't, I don't know how I've heard it pronounced both ways. Okay. National Forest. 
<clears throat> so they're walking in the direction of presumably the mansion. I don't know. Was it just think that it just is going to appear in the woods of Wisconsin? I, I suppose. If Slenderman's going to live anywhere, it's going to be rural Wisconsin. Duh. Oh, of course. Of course. He let man loves cheese. He's a cheese head and he loves the Packers. Haven't you seen that 14 foot tall faceless guy at all the Packers games? He's a part, he's a, he, he's a part owner of the team, just like all the Packers fans. <laughs> Sorry. So a 911 call was made by a cyclist who was riding his bike in that area. And he, the cyclist had gone into an area that was chained off. Miraculously, he, he broke the rules. So good, good on him. Hey, that is good. Break, and break rules. Prime example. He found Peyton, who had crawled out of the woods onto the path. Peyton, you're a badass. She's a, she survived. She was barely breathing, but was able to tell the man that she had been stabbed multiple times. And police searched for Morgan and Anissa for five hours. So, and during this time, I watched interviews with their mothers, and they were just like, where are my daughters? The police weren't telling them what happened, so they didn't know. They just knew someone had been hurt, and their daughters were missing. So that oh must God, have been... that would be terrifying. So first, yeah. that's your first thought is like, someone's hurt my child. My child's mm-hmm. missing. My child could be dead. And then to find out the real reason why they're looking for your child. That's like too, diff- too horrible. I can't even imagine. Oh, God. Mm-mm. I'm thinking too much about it. Go, move on. Don't think too much about that. So, <sighs> miraculously, Peyton was still alive and was rushed to the hospital. <clears throat> she survived, but really barely because one of the knife blows had come within a millimeter of a major artery of her heart holy crap so she was a millimeter away from death basically now they they so they caught the girls and i watched some of the footage of them being interviewed by the police and they just show no remorse they are just they calmly state what happened and they say you know we Basically, they're like, we wanted to appease Slenderman, and so we stabbed her. Okay. Well, I have a quick question. Mm-hmm. We'll have a lot of questions, but we'll, we'll start off with one. Do you know where they got that idea? Is that something they just made up in their own mind, or did they read that somewhere? Is that part of the lore? I have not read that part of the lore. I have I heard that you could. there was lore that you could become a proxy or become a servant and and go okay live in the so mansion. that's not something that one of them just made up and convinced the other one of no but i think that i it sounded to me like morgan was obsessed with slender man and she convinced anisa that they needed to make a sacrifice so morgan just wanted to kill somebody sounds like yes so she's the one that came up with it and did all the stabbing well and anisa is just uh, happens to also be insane and a follower. I'll tell you, Anissa was sentenced to 25 years to life with treatment Holy in a shit. state psychiatric institute. And Morgan, the one who did the stabbing, yeah. was sentenced to 40 years to life with treatment. And she was later diagnosed with early onset schizophrenia, just like right. her father had been. Oh, shit. So her father had had schizophrenia from a young age. And Morgan did too, but in when I watched the interview with her mom, her mom was saying, we had no idea. And she thinks that Morgan kind of felt the onset of the schizophrenia and felt like things were kind of off, but was trying to yeah. hide it and act normal. 
Oh no, that makes me so sad. This is why we need to talk about mental health and make mm -hmm. it okay. It, it is okay. We just and she, oh my. She found her mom I found a imagine. bunch of drawings of Slender Man and a bunch of creepy drawings and things like that. So she later found out that she, what she had been missing. But oh. I think it would be easy to miss that as a you know because you, if you have a teenager and you're like oh well they're just a little weird or they're acting a little funny or they're a little right. bummed it's out because they're a teenager. Puberty. Puberty us already enough. Yeah. Yeah. So and you want to give wouldn't... them their space and you don't want to snoop through their shit and you don't want to mm -hmm. assume they're doing something bad. But, you know, her dad was diagnosed with schizophrenia. So there maybe there was a little denial going on in the family. I don't know. It sounds maybe. like it might have been the case. But and then for Anissa, I don't know. You know, who knows why she got they they did say that they were afraid that Slenderman would come and kill their whole family if they didn't make the sacrifice. That was one of their reasons. Well, I mean, if your best friend is like in a in a place mentally where she believes this is real, and you are you uh, a young impressionable person who maybe you know has had some things happen that makes you your meters of your red flags and your trust issues all fucked up you know maybe it would be pretty easy to be convinced of someone i mean if i came to you even now and i was like telling you this is real i've seen it I've, it's real i mean not about slender man but about some other crazy out there idea you would have to and, and i you have to entertain like, listen it. to me right yeah. and imagine if you're 12 that shit, being 12 sucks. Being in middle school sucks so bad. So I was, I wanted to ask you if you think that their sentencing was too harsh because they were tried as adults. Because of the whole mental illness factor, and I don't know Anissa's history in mental health, but I feel like 40 years to life is, yeah. Are they trying, is this like satanic panic where they're just trying to like nip it in the bud before it starts? Like, let's just make a really harsh example of these people. That are doing this weird new thing we don't understand internet stories and Slender Man and I don't know maybe I, I don't know it's maybe. definitely too I too, think too it's many really years harsh. for a twelve year old I think it's really really harsh because not that what they did is okay because she didn't die but she, it wasn't it Lord was no. attempted murder it wasn't murder yeah my well my thing about that is I feel like attempted murder should just count as murder you were fucking trying to kill you somebody. were trying to kill someone yeah that's a whole right. other conversation but a 12 year old yeah, with right. schizophrenia no right exactly I so, so I, I guess what I'm comparing it to is I want if they were boys would they have gotten away with it because you hear all these stories of like what's that fucking asshole's name the guy the the dude who raped the girl behind the dumpster and like he got no time because no, because his Turner. future is so bright yeah brock turner yeah so yeah. where's and his also sentencing? i feel like it's more normalized for men to have mental health issues than it is i mean schizophrenia and like violent crimes and they're you know at 12 years old you are not even even if your you brain's... don't have schizophrenia you are not making good decisions for yourself no, that's you're... why you're not an adult yet yeah oh my god i can't even imagine so morgan's gonna be if she f serves her whole sentence she's gonna be in there till she's in her 50s and anisa will be like 37 i think i don't know i think it's sad i wish that the sentence wasn't so so harsh for 12 year olds and i, I do think you know with because morgan's mom said she's on medication and so 
if, if with medication, if she's able to be under supervision, maybe what, like 10 years or something? 15 yeah, I don't, years I don't, I'm not, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the proper sentencing would be or anything like that. And maybe it, maybe that is a good sentencing to give people who do that to a friend and need, they may need constant supervision for the rest of their lives. But if that's the case, then other sentences need to be harsher too for, you know, oh, don't who, even let's not. We can't even fucking yeah. start talking about that bullshit. I, I, it just seems really unbalanced to me. That's the impression. Oh, I made. the sentencing. Yes, and this our justice system is our judicial system. Our everything. Oh fuck, we're so whatever. <laughs> That's the story of Slender Man, and it's a it's a creepy story, a, a really cool tale with a lot of weird lore, and also a story of some people who took it for and. Too, too far and also a story of our fucked up judicial system so <laughs> so many layers to the slender man slender man's like an onion so many layers oh and but a i mirror. did want to say that mm-hmm. peyton is doing well so i i saw at the end oh, of the interview good. they were able to have a little bit of footage of her and a little a couple pictures of her and they interviewed with her parents saying that she's got she's made friends she's doing well you know yeah and Hopefully she um she's probably got a little PTSD a little she probably a has little. PTSD and little, all that yeah. kind of stuff from I would you know if my best friends tried to kill me but I wish her oh, well I hope shit. she's doing well and also Eric Knudsen along with the fans from Creepy Pasta uh, the Creepy Pasta community expressed yes. their condolences for the tragedy so they were very aware of what was going on I can't imagine being anybody in that story but especially being the nudes and being like oh i just made a picture and i for a thing and now what excuse me how yeah no thanks yeah. dude Whew. can you imagine interrogating those girls and being no. like okay this is weird she's telling me that she stabbed her best friend and this is odd already and then she starts yeah. talking about slender man and you're like excuse me who excuse me what i don't even know what that is do i need yeah. to be going out and do i need to send someone out and looking for another killer who's convinced you to do this oh no it's, yeah it's well, made up okay i remember when that story first came out i thought or i thought you know i thought maybe it was a possibility that they were talking to someone online that was saying hey i'm slender man i'll do this for you if you do this thing i that was my first thought like what person on the internet is fucking with these children oh my god y'all please be careful on the internet oh seriously it's the scariest place as a parent but I just want to, like, never, just know, my child is just going to be ignorant of the internet. It's too late. <laughs> it's too late. I ruined that game. But I do want to ask you about the Slender Man, and obviously we know the answer, but for, for podcasting good old times, I'm going to ask you, is any of that real? Uh, it's real that we need to talk about mental health a lot more. Mm-hmm. It's real that um, that poor little girl all the, I mean I feel bad for all those girls I know two of them did a very horrible thing but I still there's still some level of compassion there yeah there's a little sympathy there too because I guess they were their parents said they were bullied too and maybe so they banded together and got got yeah things got weird and I god can you imagine if you got held accountable for every stupid thing you did when you were 12 but also, I really, really feel for their friend who, good lord, can you imagine just being like, I'm just going to hang out with my friends. This is no, so nice. We have a day off of school. Let's go to the park. Yeah. And then they're stabbing you? 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's I cannot even fathom what would be going through no. your head. It's awful, and That's to be terrifying. the parents of those girls, of all three of those girls, to be parents. Of, I remember when Levon was a baby. We uh, it was like a month after he was born, a little over a month. He was a tea tiny, didn't do anything but nurse and shit and cry, <laughs> and look beautiful. And um, we are our very good friends got married at this goat farm, and they had this big library. And I was walking around um, with Levon in my arms, looking at all the books in the library, and I saw one, I can't remember what it was called, something, my son, I can't remember. And I was like, oh, what's that? I picked it up, and it is a book written by, I think it was Jeffrey Dahmer's dad. And it, like, on the jacket or whatever page I turned to, one of the first things I read was basically, um, I, I never thought when I held my son in my arms as a baby that he would turn out to be a monster or, you know, this awful person and do these oh things. Oh, my God, that's horrifying. And I look down at my son in my arms, and I'm like, what? Now it's another thing I have to fucking worry about. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, my God, that is not going to be Levon because... No, 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 I know. Serial killers, when there are kids, like, by his age, you can already tell they're, like, a little quiet or weird or outcasty. Yeah, he doesn't do any of the McDonald triad or whatever that thing's called. No. He's not had a, to my knowledge, he hasn't had a TBI. He doesn't wet the bed. He's never lit anything on fire. I think we're good. I think we're good. We're checking all those boxes or not checking uh, the boxes. But seriously, I am, I it's, it's something I think about probably too much because unwanted thoughts are constantly plaguing me. Yeah, you get a lot, a lot more unwanted thoughts when you hang out with kids too. That. Yeah. Well, I believe it's your turn. And it's my turn. I keep meaning to tell you I can only see your mouth. I can see my own face in the screen. That's weird. Oh, now I see your whole face. Okay. Oh, here it is. There it is. So, now that dark story is over. Yes. Tell us another one. Well, I'll tell you another dark story. Mine's a little bit older. Mine is pre-internet. Oh, good. Oh, but I'm sure I'm sure the internet has helped it. I'm sure because it was on a creepypasta. Okay. So, my sources, because I remembered to quote my sources. <laughs> um, Wikipedia, Ranker, Creepypasta Wikia on fandom.com, WUSA9.com, and Fairfax Times. I am going to talk to you about the Bunny Man. Oof. Which sounds, I immediately think of Donnie Darko. Yep. And also, do you, did you ever see that movie Harvey? I think it was called Harvey. It was Jimmy Stewart. Okay. And he had an imaginary friend that was like a really big rabbit named Harvey. I had to watch a lot of old movies when I was a kid. <laughs> I don't, I never saw it, but I know what you're talking about. Yes. That's the, that's the two things. And it's two opposite ends of the spectrum, because that was like a nice, lighthearted movie. And then you have Frank. Um, and my, this bunny man is somewhere in the middle, I'll say. So, the Bunny Man is an urban legend from Fairfax County, Virginia. Not too up, far from here. No, it's just up Virginia way. Um, and it's circulated for years in several forms, apparently since the 70s. A version naming a suspect and specific location was posted to a website in the late 1990s by someone calling themselves Timothy C. Forbes. And they all usually take place around the same area of Colchester Overpass, 
which is a southern railway overpass spanning Colchester Road near Clifton, Virginia, and it is sometimes referred to, of course, as Bunny Man Bridge. So I'm going to read to you The Clifton Bunny Man by Timothy C. Forbes. <clears throat> the tale of the Bunny Man goes back many, many years. Originally, it didn't start until 1931, after many murders had already been committed. For verification of the story, you can visit the Old Clifton Library, located in Clifton, Northern Virginia, USA. What I am about to tell you is entirely true. Although I've never seen the Bunny Man, everyone in Clifton believes it to be true. Back in 1903, deep in Clifton, there used to be an asylum buried deep within the wilderness of Clifton. This Timothy Forbes guy needs an editor bad, but whatever. Pretty soon after the Civil War, people started inhabiting the area, population-wise around 300 or so. It was a very small town. Nonetheless, people didn't like the idea about having an asylum miles down the road, so they all got together and signed a petition stating for the asylum to relocate elsewhere. The petition passed, and a new asylum was built, which is known, now known as Lorton Prison, a temporary facility until convicts were appropriately sentenced. In the fall of 1904, the convicts were gathered and piled into the bus which was to transport them to Lorton. Somehow, during the drive, not too far from where they left, the driver had swerved to avoid something and the bus had started to tip and soon was rolling in a terrible collision course. Most of the convicts were injured but had managed to escape the bus and had fled into the night woods. <laughs> this writing! The night woods. Is cracking me up. Yes. Later on, the next morning, a local police investigation had begun, and they had begun rounding up the escaped convicts. Hours turned into days, days into weeks, weeks into months. Everyone was recovered after four months except for two people, Marcus A. Walster and Douglas J. Griffin. During the search for both men, the police randomly found dead rabbits half-eaten and dismembered every now and then along their search. Finally, they were to find Marcus, dead himself by the Fairfax Station Bridge, now known as Bunnyman's Bridge. In his hand, he held a man-made hammer-slash-knife-like tool made with a sharp rock and a pretty sturdy branch as a handle. Well, ain't he just, uh... I, forgot I just word. thought ingenuitous, but that is not a word. Oh, ingenuitous. Well, ain't <laughs> that just ingenuitous? <laughs> it is now, because I like it. Okay, thank you. Okay, so they found him dead with the tool. They thought nothing and cared not of how he died. How rude. Only that he was apprehended and no longer had to worry about him. They had a name for Marcus. But later on, they would realize they had named the wrong person, the bunny man. Still searching for Douglas, they kept on finding dead, half-eaten bunnies every so often while the search went on. Finally, they were to name Douglas the bunny man from then on. Three months passed by and the police given up their search in April 7th, 1905. Everybody assumed the bunny man was dead by now, if not gone. So they went on their small they went on with their small town lives. Come October, people started seeing dead bunnies reappearing out of the blue and started to fear the unseen. Halloween night came around, and as usual, a bunch of kids had gone over to the bridge that night to drink and do whatever kids their age in the 1900s did. Midnight came around within minutes, and most of the kids had left. Only three of them remained at the bridge. Right at midnight, supposedly, a black, a bright light back 
from within the bridge where the kids were, and less than a couple seconds later, they were dead. That didn't make sense, did it? What I just said. You get the gist. Less That's than a couple seconds later? Yeah, they were all dead. Throat slashed with that same type of tool that was found by the other escapee, Marcus. Not only were their throats slashed, but all up and down their chests were long slashes gutting them. To top it off, the bunny man hung both of the guys from one end of the bridge with a rope around their neck, hanging from the overpass with their legs dangling in front of the pass of cars. The women were hung the same way, on the other side of the bridge. This happened on Halloween in 1905. Yeah, you already told us that, but whatever. After that, they didn't see or heard anything from him for another year. Halloween 1906 was approaching, and parents, as well as teens in Clifton, still remember the incident that had occurred one year ago at the bridge. His bridge. Bunny Man's bridge. Bunny Man's bridge. <laughs> that night, seven teens were left remaining, right before midnight at the bridge. Thinking little of it, six remained inside the bridge, while one, Adrian Hatala, had remained a good distance from the bridge, hoping to have enough time to escape if the same thing happened again. At midnight, she witnessed only this, a dim light walking the railroad track right before midnight, stopping right above the bridge at midnight, then disappearing at the same time as a bright flash was inside the bridge. She heard the deafening sounds of horrific screams coming from inside the bridge that lasted only seconds. Five seconds later, <laughs> five seconds. <laughs> they were all hung from the edge of the bridge, same style as the corpses a year earlier. Horrified, she ran home. She didn't tell of everything she she saw, just spattered words here and there that some of the folk put together to come up with her story. No one understood it, or even believed her. They charged her with the murder, murderer, it says, and locked her up in the asylum of Lorton. In 1913, the same thing happened with nine teenagers this time, Halloween night again. Adrian was still locked up, so they dropped her sentence, but it was too late. The insanity had finally conquered her. Even if she was released, she was far too, too far gone to have a decent life, so she spent her remaining years at the asylum until she finally died in 1953 of shock. No one knows what exactly she died in shock from, but supposedly she had died in her dreams, dreaming of that one dreaded night. Perhaps the bunny man had finally gotten to her. Oh, and there's well, so much more. that was sweet more. of the bunny man to go visit her. He said, oh, friend, I haven't seen you in so long. So in 1913, more people died. In 1943, six teenagers died. In 1976, the same situation occurred, this time with only three people. 1987, um, Janet Chartelier, I don't know, was enjoying the night with her four friends. And of course, same thing happened. They waited 55 minutes or so, almost at midnight, until Janet started getting a little scared. They had all been pulling pranks on each other, jumping out of the bushes and screaming, so she was already a little worked up. Midnight hits while she is completely freaked out. She's almost out of the bridge when the lights get really bright inside the bridge. When that happens, her body is halfway outside of the bridge. She sees her skin start tearing off her chest, but nothing is piercing her skin. She managed finally to exit the bridge. Completely horrified, she hits a hanging body and knocks herself out. Oh my god. When she awakes, she finds out her hair has turned white and she has been bleeding. She left the bridge and never returned again. It's just 
a lot of that. More Halloween nights. A bunch of poorly written stories. Are these true? I mean, is this documented? This is just the original story that appeared on the internet in 1990-something. Oh, okay. Late 1990s. Halloween night, you will find a bunch of people hanging around the bridge, drinking, smoking up, but within minutes of midnight, everyone leaves. It's been like that for the past five years that I have visited the bridge on Halloween night. Even if it's not Halloween night, any night you go there, you will feel the presence of death awaiting, awaiting the night sky of Halloween, yearning for more blood to be spilt in the name, in his name, Bunny Man. Bunny Man. He reiterates again that you can go to the old Clifton Library and look all this up and find it to be true. Can you go to the old internet library and look it up? I did go to the old internet library, and I found that a local Fairfax County librarian, um, historian, and archivist named Brian Conley uh, wrote a piece called The Bunny Man Unmasked, The Real-Life Origins of an Urban Legend. And so he goes down every, you know, every fact presented in the in the account and says it this true this not true is there any evidence yada yada he even went so far as to go through like every reported murder in the past 100 years or something in that area to see if anything matches something that would have led to this bridge and this story there's some there's one really gruesome story about a dude who i guess was just sick of having a family and pretended their car broke down and then killed them it was this very convoluted thing where they arrested like five other people until they finally were like oh you, you really did kill your family wow you're an awful person but he ruled that one out but i guess he found it so fascinating he still wanted to tell you about it so i'm going to tell you what's true and what's not okay first there has never been an asylum for the insane in fairfax county Lorton Prison didn't come into existence until 1910. Uh, neither Douglas Griffin or Morgan Walster appear in the court records of Fairfax County. There is not, and never has been, a Clifton Town Library. I guess this... I must have started before the 70s, because in 1973, a University of Maryland student named Patricia Johnson wrote a paper called The Bunny Man. She interviewed 33 students... Um, and this was in Maryland. I guess maybe Fairfax County is like um, up north close to the border or something. So reading her paper and going through all the records, there was only two articles pertaining to an incident that Brian Conley believes to be what started the Bunny Man legend for real. And this was in October of 1970. The, and the headline is, Man in Bunny Suit Saw in Fairfax. Fairfax County Police said yesterday they are looking for a man who likes to wear, quote, white bunny rabbit costumes and throw hatchets through car windows. Whoa. On, honest, it says. Air Force Academy cadet Robert Bennett told police that shortly after midnight last Sunday, he and his fiancée were sitting in a car in the 5400 block of Guinea Road when a man dressed in a white suit with long bunny ears ran from the nearby bushes and shouted, You're on private property and I have your tag number. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> it is scary until you hear them say something like the most stereotypical old man thing you could possibly say. <laughs> I got your tag number, you hooligans. 
Okay, so the rabbit then threw a wooden-handled hatchet through the right front car window. Um, as he threw the hatchet, he turned and skipped off into the night. <laughs> into this the night. This is way more funny than scary. Yeah, into the night woods. But neither he nor his fiance were injured, thank goodness. So, two weeks later, there's another article written in the same October 1970. The rabbit reappears. A man wearing a furry rabbit suit with two long ears appeared again on Guinea Road in Fairfax County Thursday night, police reported, this time wielding an axe and chopping away at a roof support on a new house. No. Mm -hmm. Thursday night's rabbit, wearing a suit described as gray, black, and white, was spotted a block away from the original sighting. A private security guard said he saw the rabbit standing on the front porch of a new but unoccupied house. I started talking to him, Philip said, and that's when he started chopping. The rabbit told him, All you people trespass around here, as he hacked eight gashes in the pole. If you don't get out of here, I'm going to bust you on the head. Was he still wearing a white suit? This bunny suit was gray, black, and white. Oh, yeah, I see. Yes. Philip said he walked back to his car to get his handgun, but the rabbit, carrying the long-handled axe, ran off into the woods. The security guard said the man was about 5'8", 160 pounds, and appeared to be in his early 20s. So it wasn't an old man. He had the spirit of an old man, though. Obviously, a grouchy, grumpy old man. A police investigation report. So this is how thorough this guy got, this librarian got with his report he went to the police investigations and confirmed that on october 29th 1970 at 10 30 p.m six officers responded to 5307 guinea road for a subject dressed as a rabbit with an axe the officers found no rabbit and the case was turned over to investigator w.l johnson of the criminal investigation bureau who wrote the following summary in March of 1971. After a very extensive investigation into this and all other cases of this same nature, it is still unsubstantiated as to whether or not there really is a white rabbit. Oh, I guess a bunch of uh, kids around town had reported seeing the rabbit and then it just became, I don't know if maybe somebody else thought it would be funny to get his own rabbit suit and start messing with people, which I that, I can see us doing that. Yeah, we might have we done younger. a thing like that. Well, you know, like, remember when the clown sightings were happening? Yeah. Where it was like, I think, you know, that what, what did, one of them started to be, it was a horror movie promo or a haunted house or something like that. It was advertising. That's how it first started. And then I think it was just a bunch of asshole teenagers who were like, how can we really fuck with people without, like, doing anything highly illegal? Let's just dress up as clowns and stand at the, in the woods outside of playgrounds and other shit. I could totally see us doing that. Yeah, that's... We, if we had had a little more access to buying costumes and stuff, we probably would have thought of something like that. Yes, we, we definitely pretty, would have. We didn't have a lot of money to go spend on that. The, the guy, Robert Bennett who was the original victim got the first hatchet thrown at him through the window is married to that same woman and they still have the hatchet <laughs> and they have been put it on a plaque and it hangs in their house and it, it, it has a metal inscription on it that reads 
our hair, H-A-R-E, raising experience, 1969. Oh my God, those people are funny. Mm-hmm, I think so too. Also, there was a movie about, there's a movie about Bunny Man too. So we're going to have to have a marathon night. Slenderman Bunny Man night. That sounds fun. Yes. And maybe we can go to that bridge sometime. I am totally down. I'll, it's so beautiful in Virginia. I will go anytime. So um, none of those people were killed, actually? and He could find no evidence of any of that happening. But I bullshit. did find two articles from 2018 that are relevant to the story. And the first one was April 18th, 2018. Man found dead in Fairfax County near Urban Legend Spot. Ooh. The body of a man found along a rural Fairfax County road has been identified. He was found at 7 a.m., 900 feet from what is known as the Bunny Man Bridge. Then the article states, no one has made any connection between the tail and the homicide. The tail. <laughs> and then from April 29th, so 11 days later, they caught, they arrested two dudes for the murder of the man they found at the bridge mm. as part of a drug trafficking crime. Or a cover-up, because they don't want us to know the truth about Bunny Man. Maybe. So then on May 23rd, they found a second body in Clifton. And they called it a traumatized body. Police investigating second traumatized body found in Clifton in just over a month. And I could not find any any wrap-up to this story. No, I couldn't find any arrest or explanation as to what happened to the second person. Weird. He said they had he had trauma to his upper body. A 26-year-old male found on May 21st. He had been last seen by his family on May 15th and was reported missing on the 19th. And with a canine unit, they found his body. I don't know if it was as close to the bridge, but it was it was close to the bridge. Hmm. They are asking for help identifying suspicious graffiti found near where the body found near the body. Uh, which included the image of a skull, roses, and a broken heart, and the phrase, R.I.P. sucker. Classy. <laughs> it's like sad. I'm sorry I'm laughing because somebody died, but come on. A skull, roses, a broken heart, and R.I.P. sucker. Are you, what are, what are you? <laughs> From Virginia? I don't know. Oh, God. Hey, now, come <laughs> on. I just think it's interesting that even to this day, you know, people want to connect a body bound to the same story the story is really creepy all right so isn't it spooky i I mean even if none of nothing else just the story of the guy sitting in his car with his fiance who then gets an axe thrown at him through the window by a giant bunny that's scary enough yes that is it's memorable enough for them to frame the axe yeah you can i'll 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 try to remember to post a picture of the the uh, mounted axe hatchet. <laughs> so what? It, so I have to ask you. You do have to ask me. You gotta. I have to. It's legally required. <laughs> Is any of that real? Any of the bunny man story? Um, yeah, I think there's totally a bunny out there. A giant bunny. A homicidal bunny. That if you stay at that bridge for long enough around midnight on Halloween, you're done for. <laughs> that's what that's what All i right. think well you know what we're doing this halloween Woo-hoo! 
We're going to get gutted by a bunny. Hey, that is... If I gotta go out that way... Oh, so be it. It's for science. So be it. It is for science. <laughs> and it's for you, turkey buzzards, so... What do y'all think? Do you think um, the bunny man is real? Have you been to the bridge? Do you have any local legends that sound a lot like bunny man? Do you remember... When Slenderman was just a weird picture on the internet and not some terrifying thing. I would love it if people emailed us um, things, uh, what what they think about the sentencing of those girls. Is it Was it right? Was it too much? Let us know. Let us know. All your opinions and thoughts and dreams and hopes and fears. Mostly your dreams, though. I want to hear those weird, weird dreams. You can send those to none of this is real podcast at gmail.com. I also have the little listener mail instead of our magic eight ball question. Oh yay, listener mail. Yeah. Thank you. Patricia. Thanks, Patricia. Okay, so it's Patricia she gave us a couple of she gave us a conspiracy theory and some book recommendations. And a picture and of those kitten. are And a picture of kittens. Three one, of my favorite things. One kitten. Oh, man. Books, so, conspiracy theories, and kittens. I am so happy. You've made Sarah's day. So, it says, conspiracy theory slash Roanoke time. I read a book called Roanoke by Lee Miller, and the reason that guy, what was, God, what was his name? Why can't I remember it right now? John White. John White. Thank you. It was John White. God, good memory. The reason that guy took three years to get back there was court politics. Damn politics. Always fucking everything up. Always. And apparently people sabotaged the colony from the start. It's basically a mass murder story. Really good book. Also, please enjoy this foster kitten. And the kitten is really cute. We should post a photo. I'll ask Patricia if we can post the kitten. Can we post your kitten, Patricia? That sounds so dirty. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Patricia. I'm so sorry. Also, you Um, call it a kitten? Do you call your vagina a kitten? I don't know. It just sounded dirty when I said it like that. Because <laughs> I'm a perv. Because I'm a human. Um. All right. Patricia, thank you so much. Well, there's more. She sent more. She said, so, I should definitely not tell you guys about The Girl with All the Gifts, a zombie book slash movie with that fungus, you know, the one, the one we talked about in the last Random Weirdness, the... Um, yeah, I'm not going to remember that name. Cordyceps. I got John White. That's good. It's called Cordyceps. Cordyceps. So, and then I replied, I said, whoa, yes, please tell us. And she says, and I'm just reading this message for the first time, actually, because she just sent it. She said, well, it's a really great book. Can't say if the movie is good because I haven't seen it. So that makes the, (laughs) so the thing that makes the zombies is a mutant variety of that fungus. It's told from the viewpoint of a little zombie girl who for some reason isn't a mindless creature. She's in a research facility at the start of the book. And it's several years after the apocalypse has happened. The scientists are looking for a cure. So when the research facility is overrun by zombies and there's a road trip through zombie infested England with our zombie narrator. Oh my God. I need this book. <laughs> I have to read this. This sounds awesome. And that's funny because that's what we were saying is it's a perfect premise for a zombie movie, a zombie story. Ask and you shall receive. Isn't that Thanks, Patricia. Say? Thank you, Patricia. I'm going to see if uh, we can post a picture of the cat. And 
yeah so email us y'all email us you can also message us on facebook and i'll see it sarah's not on yeah, facebook. facebook instagram instagram you know, get all up get all up in our dms get all up in our dms it's uh none of this is real podcast on instagram it's none of this is real podcast at gmail.com is our email and let me tell you man that instagram is a optical experience it really is yeah and if you want to send us a clip of your beautiful voice telling us something um wise or silly or scary um you know anything you anything you feel like you can sing us a song and we'll play it at the end of the podcast and you can hear yourself yeah after you listen to us blather on you can send us an audio file, and we might just put it up on the podcast. And, yeah, Patreon. Check out our Patreon. We have some weird gifts. And review. Rate and review us if you could please. Oh, yes, just... please. That's very helpful. Thank you. Apparently. I don't know. Help, what helps people find us? Help somebody find us. We're so lost. We're lost, and we need help being found. I don't know where I am or where I'm going or where I've been, y'all. We're under the bunny bridge, and we need help. Oh, Lord. All right. You know what, though? The other thing that I want to let everybody know, in case you forgot, is that you don't have to believe in any of the things that we said today. But you know what I do want you to believe, y'all? I want you to believe on yourself. And I want you to believe all over yourself. Because we do. We believe all over you. We do. Thank you. Keep believing in yourself. Bye. Bye. Aaron, what scares the crap out of you? Um, well, my imagination runs wild. I definitely kind of have some fear of supernatural type shit. Yes, (laughs) me too. (laughs) 